Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey and Jeff, and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menino. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. It is Thursday, May 14th. And we are here because when we know better, we do better. When you know better, you get better. I want to know better. I want to know better, too. I should really know better. (laughs) You really should know better, Stephen. Our quote of the day, peace is the result of retraining your mind to process life as it is, rather than as you think it should be. (gasps) Wayne Dyer, I love this. Peace is the result of retraining your mind to process life as it is, rather than as you think it should be. Live in the present, not the future. Yeah. Well, yeah, but also being content, right, is is where peace is. Like, I always always laugh with Kevin because, like, why, you know, this backyard of shit or this you know we need to redo this or we need to redo that i'm like kevin you can never just be happy nothing is ever good enough everything always is um you know needing upgrading or to be better and i'm like i i can just kind of like be good (laughs) (laughs) i'm like everything's fine and then he points it out and then you start to get ocd like him too (laughs) about this stuff uh anyhow um thank you guys for joining us and Thank you for being on this journey to get better with us. 
Um, I, I carved into my wrist yesterday's big aha moment message with Judy Johnson, where she talked about what would someone do that loves themselves. So I wrote WWSDT, a heart, an S, apostrophe S, and then thems. You should Instagram it so we can copy it. Yeah. But also for our listeners, you wrote on your wrist in pen. You did not carve into your wrist. This is a very solid point. I did not carve (laughs) it. Yes, you're right. I just, I wrote it and it helped me remember it yesterday because I already was forgetting how to say it and how to remember it. So, yeah. We can make the little like live strong bracelets with the thing on it. That's what we'll do. I know. I hate bracelets, though. I don't like to wear anything. Isn't that funny? I like... I, Fake tattoos? You know, girls wear all those, like, bangle bracelets and stuff. They bother me so much. I guess I'm, like, such a dude like that. I don't like to have things that are going to clink and clank. And when you touch the... Like, this Fitbit is the most I can do because also it's rubber. So when it touches things, it won't hurt. Such a production-minded uh, opinion to have. You're like, I don't want anything that's going to change production and going to hit in the mic or hit the table or anything like that. Yeah. Well, I don't know if audio people that have worked with me in the past would agree, but that's not me. That's really the stylist because it's usually like earrings that would clink and clank or necklaces and they'd be like, can we? And we're like, no, it's part of the fashion. Lobs with the Christmas bells is like my nightmare. Lobs with Christmas bells? Yeah, you know those little like tiny little bells that they have on Santa's sleigh? Oh. Um, I know in the past I've had to lob somebody who was wearing a necklace made of those. Yeah, that's not easy. Should we start thinking about Christmas, guys? Yeah, well, we're doing Christmas in July. <laughs> At After Buzz. I think this that this true. might be a five-minute segue into the Christmas 24-7 channel here at After Buzz, or at After Buzz TV. But uh, I'll, talk, Kevin. I, just because what would Maria do if she loved herself? She would mute me, so I'm going to not do yeah, that. Yeah, here's what I'm sad about. First of all, we have a great guest coming on the show. Jamie Lynn Spears is going to be with us in just a few minutes, and we're going to be talking all things uh, her return to acting with Sweet sweet magnolias um and you know whatever else comes to mind um so we're going to be on with her in just a bit and by the way if you haven't joined us on patreon please join us at any level um we are doing some really great stuff over there that i think you'll like we had a really great episode about Brittany brown yesterday um so please join us and uh if you haven't commented rated subscribed share the shows with a friend anything you can do to help us get this to more people we would greatly appreciate of course um now where was i steven you were talking about christmas con and how you love Christmas. christmas in july i mean i think that one of the saddest things about this in like work-wise kind of sad category is that one of my goals was I was going to try to figure out a way to get on one of those Hallmark movies <laughs> just so Kevin would be excited to see me at Christmas time in a Hallmark Christmas movie because he's so obsessed but um yeah that's not going to happen I don't know Candace Cameron said that they're going to be filming pretty soon maybe I think she was remember. hoping hoping yeah. maybe hoping. maybe you can zoom into one of their films I mean, I don't know. We'll figure it out. I need I need to I need to figure it out some way or another. I did this um little TikTok thing last night. I was waiting for Kevin to finish up his stuff. We had to screen um some shows for um something that we're gonna be doing. And um and I went on to TikTok and the yearbook thing is trending. 
you guys obviously don't, I don't know. I haven't seen it now. <laughs> um, Jeff's like, I'm working around the clock producing your show. Um, I, uh, I, I saw it's like this yearbook thing and it like has a ticker and it's like, you know, most, you know, biggest class clown, whatever. Mine came up as biggest gossip. I was like, what? <laughs> My reaction was insane. Is it just a random? Yeah, it's, it's just like a, a random thing. Gotcha. It was so funny. And then it was like most likely to meme or something. Because I was like, well, when you see that reaction, yeah, that would make sense. It was kind of funny. Did you funny. guys do superlatives in high school, Maria? Yeah. What were yours? I was a class heartbreaker and best looking which was so embarrassing um which i didn't think i was gonna get any of that stuff like i wasn't known to be like best looking or whatever there were so many popular girls like i i never expected that but yeah isn't that weird i think i got class heartbreaker i'm pretty sure do you ever have like do you ever because like... i couldn't date yes i remember that was the controversy i wasn't allowed to date so i got class heartbreaker but i didn't break any hearts technically because <laughs> I wasn't allowed to. Do you look back and like wonder where those people are now? Like all the popular kids from your high school class? Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of people in jail for sure. Oh, wow. (laughs) I was not expecting. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. I can that. Well, all the people, all the boys I liked, I feel like all ended up in jail. That sucks. Um, no, I... Um, and now you're with the bad boy of Patreon. Makes sense. I am with the bad boy of Patreon. I... Uh, Uh, No, it's actually funny. I saw a lot of people at my high school reunion, which I never in a billion years thought I would go to. But uh, our reunion came up. It was two years ago. It was when my mom was kind of in the throes of everything. Was it two years ago? I don't remember. Two years ago, I think. And I kind of needed, I I had this feeling. It was like the day before Thanksgiving um, and, I, or, or something like that. And I, I was with family and I'm like, I really got to go, I think. And I called my best friend. I'm like, we're going to go. And she's like, no, we're not. I'm like, yeah, we're going to go. We're going to go. I'm flying home. I'm booking a last minute flight. We're going to go. And we went, it was the best time. We went in quick. Like we didn't stay forever. Like the buildup was the part where you're so nervous about like yeah. seeing people and what are people going to say and how is it going to be? And of course we were getting ready at her apartment and she got skunked. Oh, and what? so we got literally we walked into our reunion stinking like skunks and people thought we got high and i'm like no we didn't get high we got skunked that's making an entrance guys can you imagine here i am making my return going to my reunion and i smell like a skunk it, it could coffee. it could not have been written better 
You know, like people think like when you're successful, it's like, oh, yeah, go show them who you are. Like that was never my intention. And I don't care about that stuff. That's not me. You know, go show off your success. I don't. That's not me. But can you imagine I'm going back (laughs) and I stunk? (laughs) I went to my tenure this year. And Maria, I also had a blast. It was really, really fun. Yeah. But I did not enjoy school. (laughs) You probably did. You You probably had the most like idyllic like experience of school i feel like i went to a small school which was nice um and it was pretty good overall yeah um but what i appreciated and i don't know how yours was but i don't feel like my classmates were posturing too much you always expect them to all want to be one-upping each other and bragging but everyone was just kind of happy for each other yeah nobody really talked about work or anything it was really like about families and you know that kind of thing it was fun and everybody kind of looked the same Mm mm-hmm like the same as they used to, or yeah. they all look the same? They just look the same. Like, I don't feel like any of us really looked that much older somehow. Was your, it was your 15 or 10 year? No, I think it's our 20 year. Did they I like... I was class in 96. Did they rent a convention center? Oh shit, that was four years ago, guys. Oh wow. Not two years ago. Because it was right after my mom got diagnosed. That's right. Yeah. Time is flying by. Yeah. Did they do anything special like rent an event? place or was it just we at a bar did it at a local bar uh in our hometown of medford okay yeah because i went to my tenure and like all the people who like postured in high school who were on our uh what is it called when they're like the, the treasurer committee. yeah the committee Opposite. they were in charge of doing the tenure and it was like completely just let's go to the local dive bar don't even rent out anything don't do anything and half nobody showed up because nobody everyone lives out of town and everybody looked like the same in terms of not as they used to everyone looked the same because everyone just has this big beard in a truck <laughs> it's the the Cary, north carolina way is you graduate high school you have some kids and you get a truck and a beard that's so funny i um i yeah it was really nice to see everybody i really liked it like i saw like this kid i grew up having a crush on and he's just still the same sweet kid like it was funny. He he didn't go to jail, thank God. But um, yeah, I think my taste as a youngster, like a real youngster, was a lot better than it you know became as I grew up into high school. But um, yeah, <laughs> I think of the three boys that I was most obsessed with, and all of them I think went to jail. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make sure that other kid goes to jail too, Maria. We'll take care of. Him. Oh man, so wild. Oh, life is life is an interesting journey, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it yeah. sure is, yeah. It is. Maria, I feel like you still have a little hint of that bad boy streak, because I feel like Kevin's got, like, a 5% bad boy in him. Yeah, Kevin does. I mean, he's from the same hometown. You, th- yeah. This is, like, we grew up in a tough, tough area. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, we... Yeah. I mean, like Jeff, like, if we talk about the differences in our in our high schools, right? Like, I watched people get stabbed, Wow. You probably have not even seen that on TV. <laughs> it's true. I mean, like, like I'm not, this isn't funny, but like, I yeah. literally, that was like a, a, a normal thing. Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> totally weird flex. It hardens you though, Marie. I'm sure in some ways it prepped you for the business. You know, it's, I would never change a thing about my upbringing, which as I'm sure your audience can predict was the most white picket fence gazebo mm-hmm. type of upbringing, but in some ways, it didn't necessarily prepare me for some hardships in some ways that maybe you were earlier yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that when you when you grow up, and we had like crazy stuff, crazy stuff go on in our high school. Um, 
And when you grow up in that kind of violence, like you are always like looking, like we've talked about before, looking for the boogeyman, looking for who is going to present danger. And so um, it's, it's a way to protect yourself, of course. But then at the same time, like Patty Penn, who's the Reiki master who was on the show, she's like, you're always looking for the boogeyman and the boogeyman always finds you because you mm. guys just are attracting each other. So I've had to like try to let go of that. But I do think that street smarts kind of thing has helped me a lot because I can kind of see people's games really quick. I can see what's being played out and who's doing what way too, way fast, way fast. So it's interesting. Yeah. What does it say about our industry that Jeff's first instinct when you said people got stabbed in high school is, well, it prepared you for Hollywood. I know. The backstabbing. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff, you're so... That's That's so funny jeff's like well yes the backstabbing <laughs> like Get literally for it. quite literally <laughs> I've been, i mean and the truth is i've still been sheltered because i've been working for you and kev but uh yeah. you know it's um you 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 sense it and we have a big company and i've learned a lot i'll just say that i've learned a ton um in the 10 years i've been out here so oh, yeah jeff's aware yeah. of how stabbable he is Oh my god, guys! I think this, is, yeah. this is so bad. This is so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, because I just had a moment where I thought about like Jeff in a small town, and I just and by the way, I was totally stereotyping. I was expecting you to say no, it wasn't like that actually, because sure. I was just you know assuming, which is a terrible thing to do. But I just felt like, oh, they probably had a perfect idyllic kind of like experience and here we were just trying to survive like running out of a school that's in the middle of a a, a racial war or whatever it was like our school got shut down for an entire week because of you know guns and all kinds of crazy stuff i just want the side by side of like a montage of somebody selling drugs in boston with (laughs) with with jeff's barbershop quartet singing like Uh... the different sides of life but you know what it's like it all of these experiences make us who we are and we all need all of us. Like, you need me and I need you. Like, it's Absolutely. a balance. Yeah. It's a balance. And guess what? We're better together. Ayo. Ayo. Name drop. So before we discuss any more dangerous things <laughs> and any more stories <laughs> pop up into my mind, why don't we move on to our chat with Jamie Lynn Spears, who, by the way, I don't... Uh, she had an interesting childhood, obviously, too. So, yeah. you know what? I would like to think Louisiana was like all white picket fences and stuff like that, but maybe, maybe it was a dangerous experience for her too. Who knows? And, and I wonder if, if she went to her high school reunion, but of course you guys know Jamie Lynn Spears. Um, she's had an extensive career in entertainment that has included sketch comedy, teen soaps, uh, an impressive music career, and now a foray into a prestige drama with Netflix's highly anticipated series, Sweet Magnolias. Um, it's so funny because every time I say Sweet Magnolias, my brain wants to say Steel Magnolias because, of course, that's a very famous uh, movie. But Sweet Magnolias is the series. Jamie Lynn is uh, a dedicated entertainer, wife, mother of two. And I'm so excited to chat with her. Hi, Jamie. Oh, we don't have audio. There we go. Oh, really? There you are. How are you? Here we are. Yes. Okay, good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. You're coming to us from Louisiana, right? Yes, I am. I sure am. Are you in um, Los Angeles? I am. Yes. <clears throat> so how has quarantine life been for you? 
you know, I have to say that, um, of course, um, you know, the homeschooling and the kids uh, sometimes can be overwhelming. But I think that in our situation, it's hard to complain because we do have a yard where we can go outside and get fresh air. I do have my family. We're healthy. So I'm really trying to have some perspective and realize, like, I'm pretty blessed in this situation. I can't complain. Um, all I'm being asked to do is stay home. So that yeah. seems like a pretty, pretty easy thing to do if I can help in my way. Yeah. I wonder, you know, I've talked to so many different people and a lot of people are really loving quarantine life. Like, of course, people who have homes and have yards, right? The fact that you get that family time, like you've probably never had before, or for most people, um, they've had that experience. They're enjoying um, quarantine time. Are you liking it? Um, You know, I have to say, like, I have so much sympathy for people who like this is, you know, not a great time for them or by any means, but I do think finding the positivity in all this is important and having this time with my kids, I think is so important, but it's not just about the time with your kids. It's the guilt-free time with your kids. We can't be doing anything else. We can't go travel right now for work. We can't get as many things done. So you don't feel guilty. And it's so weird how we've created that whole narrative of feeling guilty for simply saying, you know what, today I'm doing nothing but being with my children. I'm not going to answer my phone. I'm not going to answer my emails. And I'm not going to go into work. And I think that um, that's probably been a little bit of relief for a lot of people who sometimes have that guilt for prioritizing their, you know, time to be with their kids as opposed to work. So I think that's been the difference for me is I haven't had to feel guilty about just being stuck at home with my kids. And um, that's been really pleasant as far as this whole thing goes, I think. That's a brilliant way to put it. And I don't think anyone's put it like that because it is exactly that. It's the guilt-free time. And whether you're a nurse, an entertainer, um, whatever you do for a living, that's how you're putting food on the table. So you have to always think, you know, even with my mom, I feel like my mom and dad are quarantining with me. My mom has um, cancer and Um, We're trying to protect her and my dad is diabetic. And all right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past. But as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. You know, I, I keep saying to her when she's like, Maria, come here. And I'm like, okay, mom. And I'm like, but I still got to work. I got to, I got to do stuff. And so like, yeah. I understand that feeling of, you know, you have to keep putting food on the table, but quarantine time does give us that kind of that break. And, and what yeah. a break I feel like society needed in general to kind of realize that we've gone so far in that workaholic yeah 
path. That it's almost like um, taking time for yourself is either considered lazy or you don't want it enough or you don't, you know, it's, it's one of those kind of things where um, don't get me wrong, you should work hard for your dreams. And I think work ethic is an extremely important part of, of, you know, getting what you want out of life. But I don't think that, um, you know, creating the whole narrative around feeling guilty about spending time with the people you love or taking, taking quality time out of your workday to um, do what's important to your heart. I think that that's not something we should um, feel like we have to explain ourselves for. And yeah. we do. I do. I'm the exact same way. It's like if I'm not if I'm not doing something, I feel like that helps bring food to the table or helps <laughs> create a future for me and my children. Sometimes I feel like, have I done anything today? You know, if I didn't do something like that, it's like, no, you you spent time with your children. You fed them. You took care of them and you created memories, which is um, one of the most important things, I think, especially right now is creating some positivity for our kids is uh it's, it's important, but don't get me wrong. There are times where, because we aren't able to travel and be with people, we, I am on my phone more having to do certain things. And I hate that. Mm-hmm. I hate that I catch myself being on my phone, like, hang on, baby, hang on, baby. And it just feels like, I don't, I don't like that part of it. But I think for the most part that, um, you know, if everyone is just able to take this time and just, um, you know, take what we can out of it, that is good. Yeah. I wonder, do you feel like that there's, Things like that that you're going to take from quarantine and figure out how to apply it into your regular life when life kind of resumes, which I know is going to be in in weird. Yeah, it's going to be weird and different, and it it's never going to resume the way it did. But what are the things that you think you're going to hold on to or try to hold on to at least? Um, I mean, I've always tried to like put my phone away and just be present. I've tried to do it, but I think really like just taking days where I just say, I don't, I don't I, I'm just going to leave my phone inside and I'm going to go outside with my kids. I think when I grew up before phones were such a big part of our lives, like literally me and my friends, we lived outside and we didn't come in until it was time to eat dinner. And I think that that is something I got to make sure I do with my children. Even you know, even if it means that I've got to sit out there and do whatever they're doing all day, I think that that's important for kids to, um, you know, get outside and really just be creative and use their imaginations. And I know that we've done that and, but I, it's just different when you have no other option and you're literally having to like create games and make up things to do. I hope that we don't lose that because I did that as a kid. We made up things to do all the time and I just want my kids to be able to do that as well. So I think that's something I'm going to have to, you know, just create days where it's like no electronic days, just get outside. Yeah. Before you got on, we were, um, I was talking about TikTok and how I last night, I barely have been doing it, but I got on last night and there was this yearbook thing. Have you seen the yearbook one yet? I haven't. See, I'm quarantined. That is one thing we have as far as technology goes. We have, I was not a TikTok person. I had a TikTok account, but I wasn't like, you know, very active on it. But we have been much more active on TikTok, but I haven't seen the yearbook thing. So what is that? Okay, so yearbook is trending and it'll like, you know, it'll do like an, um, a random thing like best, you know, looking or, you know, biggest. Um, Superlative. So yeah, the superlatives. Anyway, yeah. it spawned a conversation about high school and Jeff, who is uh, our producer and on the show, um, Jeff and I were talking about the differences between our our 
our experiences. And I was like, Jeff, I'm like, I feel like you probably had the idyllic like experience Midwest, like perfect. And he goes, yeah, it was pretty awesome. I'm like, cause I dealt with people getting stabbed in front of me. Like my, my high school was like, so it was, there was a lot. And then it made me wonder like, what was Louisiana like for you guys? Well, me, my sister and my brother all went to the same school um, since four-year-old kindergarten up until, you know, it was one of those schools that went um, from four-year-old kindergarten all the way to 12th grade. So um, I knew everyone kind of, and uh, it was, it was just one of the experiences, like, especially because I was working as I got a little bit older and as my sister um, became so famous and all of that, it was at times because it is a small town, you felt like everybody was a little bit more critical on things, but also I wouldn't have been able to do what I do as far as having a school work so well with my show as I was younger. And then me being able to come right back in and jump back in and go to school. And these kids didn't care. Mm. Like they didn't care that I was on a show. They'd been with me since I was in kindergarten. So, and it was also cool because like when we go to other schools to play them, I was a cheerleader and stuff. And I remember some of the other schools, like, their whole student sections would like sing songs or Zoe theme songs, which was, you know, they would try to like kind of poke fun at us and, or at me. And I remember all of my, um, even people who maybe weren't like that close to me and stuff really kind of like got protective of me. And I just remember thinking like, that was the first time I was like, I'm really thankful that um, I've been able to go to a school that I've grown up with these kids. So my experience was a little bit more of like a hometown kind of feel. And, you know, there was the normal drama stuff, but really my grade, we didn't really have all of that like bickering and stuff. But I remember the grades around us, those girls could be out. I I was impressed with how evil people could be so young. I was like, where do you get this from? I know. I mean, I didn't personally like really experience um, any of that with my age group. Uh, But it was weird. You know, there's always like that one grade that's like, that one class that is a little bit more, um, you know, I don't know what the right word is for the whole situation, but I really just kind of, I had a good experience as far as all of that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. I mean, high school is such an interesting thing. Did you, you, did you ever finish your high school there or did um, you were homeschooled? To, no, I, well, I did homeschool for a bit while I was on Zoe. But then my mom realized that, like, I was not going to learn because I was just one of those kids. Like, I would, like, I was pretty good at, like, talking my way out of things. So, Uh like, if an assignment wouldn't get done, I'd, like, make up some excuse and get the teacher to somehow or another, like, online, get her, get them. Because you had to check in with a real teacher. (laughs) It's like you just go in there and free-for-all. And so I was always getting, my mom was like, this is not going to work. She's got to go back to real school. Like, she's going to just talk her way through this. So I went back to Park Lane up until 11th grade. And then um, when I became pregnant with Maddie, I just went ahead and I only, I'd already had taken some um, classes that were ahead of my grade. So I didn't even have that many, like, I didn't even have that much I had to finish. So I went ahead and got my GED for my 12th grade year, but I was so close to just finishing out the year, but it, it didn't make sense for me. And being as I'd already been traveling and I wasn't really there with my class anyways, that was the one thing that was different about my high school experience. It's like, I didn't get to go to some of the school dances or go to those certain little school things. And I remember wanting that so badly. Did you and ever go I to your reunion? 
Um, no, I, I didn't go to the reunion, but I went with my husband to his high school reunion this past year. And that was, I mean, it was exactly what you'd expect it to be. Uh-huh. <laughs> totally boring for you and probably fun for him, right? Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> I was, we've been at a softball tournament all day long. I was like hoping that like maybe he's going to oh, I'm too tired. I don't feel like going. He's like, no, I want to go. And I'm like, oh. yeah. so yeah, I was like, uh, I went there for him, but like, I didn't know anybody and I don't. And he's 10 years older than me, too. So I was like, yep. I didn't understand any of the things they were talking about. I did, you know, it was just like, I was just kind of hanging out there. So, but I still see a lot of um, people that I um, went to school with and stuff, too, because I'm still in that vicinity of where I went to school. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, you know, even when we were talking about it, I, I was not thinking about the fact that, you know, you were working during those periods of time, too. And, yeah. and thinking of what your experience might have been like. But, um, but yeah, yeah all I, mean, I wanted to do was go home and like do whatever my friends were doing. It yeah. was like, it's funny how when you have no perspective at that age, like, like I was, you know, I wanted to like get production to like stop so I could go to like a football game. Like, that's ridiculous. So, and now you look at it as ridiculous still, huh? Well, a lot of it, I have to say, Nickelodeon was really good about. Like, I remember like, they when we'd be shooting for a while they'd give us like a week off like a little hiatus and they would usually try to time those around like my I remember my mom always struggling with her hair it's frizzy Maria my mom would say in her Greek accent what do you have I tried so hard to find her products I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, dot com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, dot com promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Homecoming or something like that so they were really good about trying their best but they're running a huge production where there is you know grown men and women who are trying to feed their families they can't say well you know what she really wants to go to the high school's rivalry football game so we're gonna have to not do that you know it's kind of those kind of things I understand now but as a kid you're just like I want what I want you know and Uh it's like what I probably sounded like such a brat but at the same (laughs) time they wanted me to have have whatever normalcy I could as um, a child. And I think that that was something that was really, I'm really thankful for looking back, realizing like that was a really great thing for me to be able to have that balance. Yeah. I wonder when you saw Maddie growing up, did you want her to be in this business or were you trying to push her not to be in this business? Um, neither way. I mean, I wasn't, I don't think that because now I, do have some perspective on it I have grown up in this business I think there's a lot of positives and there's a lot of negatives and there's that in every aspect of life so Mm -hmm. I think it's more about her doing what makes her happy and what she's passionate about and if that's being in this business then I will support her in the best ways that I can but if it's not then that's fine too I don't think it's my job to push her one way or the other 
Now, of course, if I see that my child is excelling in a certain area, of course you want to highlight that and, you know, um, give them confidence in that area and guide them in that direction. But I don't think that me pushing her away from it or towards it is going to make her any better of an entertainer. So therefore, I don't think that's my job. My job is just kind of follow her lead. Yeah. What does she want to do? Well, right now, um, she's all about softball. You know, that's our, that's our, she's on a travel softball team. And with quarantine, obviously, it's not normal for us. But typically, you know, every weekend, we're traveling somewhere to play softball. And I have to, my husband is one of the coaches on the team, this group of girls and the family. It's so much fun. It's, it's not just about the games. It's about like, just the whole time you get together with these families and watching our girls play together and learn. There's just something you can't learn that you learn in team sports. There is just so much um, growth that I've seen, seen through Maddie that I don't even think that I had at her age. You know, it's, it's weird. Cause I look at her right now, she's 11. And I think about like, that was right. I think that was right when I was finishing up all that and going into Zoe. And I think like, Oh my God, how weird would it be if like I was going with Maddie to go watch her do a show but then I go and I watch her in a softball game where, you know, she gets up there to bat and it's literally like she has to make the perfect whatever hit, bunt, whatever it is for this run to get in. She gets up there and she does it and it, she doesn't even look nervous. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's the kind of strength that I don't I don't I would have just ran off the field, you know, like I couldn't handle that kind of pressure. So it's funny to see like how whatever she's passionate and passionate about what she's good at seeing her shine in that is something I'm just so proud of and seeing all the other little girls right along with her just cheering each other on it's just it's a lot of fun I love that I love that you're able to to go and travel and be a mom amongst other moms and and have that kind of freedom um you know I often think you know I don't know if you've been watching the last dance have you been watching the the Michael Jordan documentary yet yes Yes, I have been watching it. I haven't missed an episode. Okay. And you know this from personal experience. When you are a huge superstar, like life becomes so challenging. Yeah, just weird. Like my, I know that my sister, and you know what's hard too is I guess like with what he was doing, you know, everyone knows where he's going to be and what hotel he's staying at because he's playing a game and he knows. And with Brittany, when she would be on tour, it'd be that same kind of situation. They know where you're going to be. They know what you're doing. So it would just be constant, um, constant attention on you. And I remember, I remember it um, sneaking out with her and all those kind of moments and finding it being so weird just to like go to the grocery store and just walk through it. And no one, be around you and finding that almost feeling like a little nervous because you weren't used to like the privacy. And I think that does create a weird environment. And so whenever, you know, I, um, whenever I became pregnant with Maddie, I bought a house in Mississippi. I put a big old fence around it. And I was like, I don't want anything in this little world. I've got to grow up. Number one, I'm trying to figure out how to be a mom and I didn't want to create that lifestyle. And I knew staying in Hollywood, the circus that would have been around me as a young teen mom living in Hollywood, it would have been, it would have been the best show for the media ever, you know? Yeah. 
but what was crazy is they still were there. The paparazzi followed me around this small town. It felt like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to get away from this. And thankfully, just staying away long enough, um, everything really was able to die down. And I just think that that was, that was my time of saying, like, I, I don't think I can, I don't think that I can grow up properly this way. I needed to get away and grow up because you can't, you can't expect yourself not to make mistakes. And with the kind of scrutiny that that was, that I had seen with my sister, I knew that I don't, I don't think I can do that in front of the whole world. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing is, is, um, it's, it's so hard when you're developing. And I just think that that's so, so amazing of you to have had that level of maturity at that age to have realized, first of all, this isn't for me. And second of all, this isn't the best thing for me. And I'm going to go kind of sacrifice, you know, your, your career was, was doing great. And you said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to shut it down. Was that tough for you as well? Well, I, I remember, like we said earlier, you know, doing what you think is right for your heart. Sometimes you feel guilty about it because you feel as if like people are going to think, how could she make that choice? Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, I just finished, um, my last season of Zoe and I had already told my mom, like, you know, I, I think I want to go finish out school at home and, you know, any good movies or something that comes up, I'd like to do that. But I kind of had already made that decision to take a minute to grow up a little bit. And just, I really just wanted to like go be normal for a little bit with no, like, Oh, will you leave in a week or you leave? You know, it was just like, I always hated that. Um, and I found out I was pregnant and I just, I knew what my choice was going to be. And I did, it was really hard to tell my team because it, you know, it wasn't just like I had to tell my mom and dad, we had to call a whole team of people who like worked, you know, for us. Um, and then, you know, Nickelodeon, all these people, it wasn't just like, I was, I was so nervous and so afraid, but I had to do what I, knew I could sleep with at night. And so I made the choice that I made and I knew there was going to be a lot of repercussions. But for me, the main thing was, is, um, I was just, I just wanted my fans to know that like, I'm just a young girl like you all. And I made a choice and now I'm handling it the best that I can. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying these are my cards and this is how I'm choosing to play them. And I didn't ever want to lead any other young girls down a road of confusion by my choices. But I think the most important thing I could have done was just be honest with them about it. Like I didn't want to be one of those people who just pretended like this didn't happen and pretended like it was all peachy because it was hard. It was really, really hard. I was afraid. Um, would I ever be able to work again? What was I going to do? It was very scary because it's not just about um, the public scrutiny. Like how am I financially going to provide for this child beyond this? You know, um, that was all very scary. And I just, I just had to do what I knew that I could, I just followed my heart in that situation and just did the best I could really. When you look back, do you think that that was kind of like a life-saving decision? You know, it's weird because when I, I, I do believe that everything happens for a reason. And I don't know that I would have had the strength um, to, 
take myself outside of the business for the amount of time that I truly needed to grow up and become a young adult without compromising anything if I wouldn't have had to make the choice for my child. Um, so I do think in a way that she almost, like I wasn't fighting for myself, I was fighting for her. And so I think that was kind of one of the things that I tried to, I really am, I mean, obviously teen pregnancy is not something you ever want to like promote as far as what the best thing that can save. No, for me, I just think that I was put in a situation that really made me have to make decisions quicker than I would have. And I do. As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Thinking away, of course, I, I believe she saved, she saved me for myself, I think, because I might have not, um... I mean, I don't know who I'd have been if I wasn't her mother first. Yeah. I wonder, did you ever want to give Brittany the same advice? Um, you know, the thing was with Brittany, she, she was always do exactly what she wanted to do. There was just never like, there was no question. She wanted to 100% do this full force and, it was a different time then. It was really different when she got started. And I think there was, I know it sounds weird, but when she first at all started rolling, it was all very, even with the pushback in certain areas, you know, because, you know, whatever her outfits or dance moves, whatever it was, it was still a lot more positive as far as our experience went in the beginning. Mm -hmm. It was also new to us. Then again, we were just like this normal family from a small town. And all of a sudden, we're living an actual dream and it was, it was just different. You know, it was a little bit different as to where, when I had come into the business, we'd already kind of been in it for, you know, 10 years. There was a different perspective on it at that point. Yeah. Good point. You know, when I watch the last dance and I see Michael Jordan, I'm so glad you're watching it. Cause I haven't gotten to talk to anybody about it yet. Oh yeah. My husband, like we have it on record. Like, <sighs> we're not missing it. My husband is the biggest. It's so fan good. Of um, I feel like, you know, when you see him sitting on that couch and he's like, I can't go out, I can't do anything. And, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's so great to finally get people to see that it isn't as glamorous as people think it is and, yeah. and just how challenging it is. And you guys know it in your lives because you dealt with it too. Yeah, I think that when I saw that scene of him on the couch, I even remember I said to my husband, I was like, I remember that with my sister. Like, I remember 
her almost feeling guilty. I want to be able to go take y'all to go do this. And, but there's going to be a lot of people like, and I, I just remember being like, I'm just happy to be with her, you know, like that was, and I think that's why now I still love hotels so much. It's because I remember like, we always were in hotels ordering room service. Just those, those to me kind of are like home. It feels like that's like a memory that I was very fond of that I had with my sister and my mom. And, and I, I remember like, it was weird watching that because I remember that with my sister, especially when we'd go overseas and, um, you know, she would do her tour there. That was how it was outside of the hotels every single time. Yeah. And she was so thankful that she had her fans there, but it's almost like she didn't want the people around her to be affected by it. It's like she didn't want me to have to, and I was just like, I remember I was just happy to, to be there. So I didn't, none of that bothered me, but it's just funny how it does. It affected her psyche and, and, um, I was able to see that from a different perspective. Yeah. Well, also, you know, for you, you had, you have had so many successes, whether, you know, in music or in acting and, you know, you were, you were doing your thing too. And you get to see when you get to a certain level, they just are ready to tear you down and so it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like I said this on the show the other day. I'm like I kind of always feel like I I pull back just a little bit. I'm so, I'm too scared to go to that next place because once you go to that next gear, that's when everyone's hunting you. And I wonder yeah. if you ever feel like that. Um, I I mean the the bigger of a star you become, I definitely think the more of a target you become because just as much as you're in the business of, you know, it brings a lot of positives, but it brings a lot of negatives because that's what the press and the media, their job is to sell stories. And the bigger the star, the bigger the story. It's all a business at the end of the day. So you do have to be careful about what you share and what's important to you. But because we are in a world where, um, you know, we don't want to be so closed off because it's important to share our stories and connect with people because you can help people in that way as well. I think that you have to just be, if you're just um, 100% honest, I don't think, even if you, about your mistakes and about the, all the good and the bad, I don't think anyone can punish you or use that against you. And for me, I want to, um, I want to be respected in whatever it is that I do and I want to succeed at it. And, um, I think that you just have to kind of weigh the good with the bad. So yeah, if you're going to become a bigger star, you're probably going to become a bigger target, but that's just the way of the world. That's is it worth any, it though? Any, any, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, in some situations, <clears throat> yes. And others, no, I think that, uh, you know, I've seen both sides of it. I think that's what's weird is, you know, my kids are 10 years apart. And when I had Maddie, um, I had to have round the clock security and my windows had to all be covered because of paparazzi trying to sneak in and get pictures. And with Ivy, we just walked out the hospital. Nobody bothered, you know, it was just a different experience. So I think that there is a way to, um, there is a way to find that balance once you get to a certain point. Um, I mean, I probably pulled back like the extreme amount, but I think that, um, now I'm able to kind of rebuild the way that I think is, is going to work best for me in my future. Yeah. I think that, um, 
I think that you, the universe, you know, is working in your favor, right? Because you, you did what was right for you. You, you led with integrity and authenticity to your life first. And that meant, you know, that didn't mean that you then couldn't get what you wanted as well. So now you're, you're getting all the things that you wanted. You didn't have to, there's no scarcity issue basically, you know? Um, yeah, I think that I'm able to, um, mentally be at peace at the end of the day, at the end of the day. And I think that is, you, you can't buy that. Yeah. You, you really can't. So I think that that's, what's important. And are there some things that I look back, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, um, opportunities that I probably passed on or whatever it is. I just think that, you know, I, I can't live in the past. None of us can. So is there I one opportunity to... you look back at that you're like, shit, why didn't I do that? <laughs> um, you know, right after I finished Zoe, there was a lot of opportunities that, um, came on that were in the, uh, there was a certain like vampire movie that was going to be coming out. And first off, no, no, no. I was not like, I was not like offered a part or anything like that, but I did read this. I did. I did read the script uh-huh. and I was going to go try out, um, for one of these movies. And I'm I mean, I'm sure now, like, my team probably was like, oh, what a more. They were like, this is going to be a huge movie. Like, you don't understand. This is huge. I was like, I am not going to play a vampire in my first movie. That is so stupid. People are going to see me as a vampire in my first acting role? Absolutely not. Dead. So that just shows you how much I knew. Oh, um, my God. But, I mean, but... um. I think that uh, I think those kind of things you just have to laugh about. Obviously, uh, I've done stuff like that too. But I just couldn't see it at the time. Vampires were not a thing. I so was, was I was like- being discussed. So there was there was a show. I'm not going to say anything, but there was a show that um, somebody wanted me to do. And I'm like, I am not doing a show that calls heavy people the biggest uh-huh. loser. Like, I'm not doing that. That's that's so mean, and and it seems yeah. so horrible to me. And then, of course, it becomes like the hugest show. And I'm like, well, I, I guess I didn't understand it like that. I, I just, it just seemed mean spirited, and I didn't want to do something mean spirited. Um, exactly. Well, I just kind of didn't. I mean, I didn't understand. I didn't get it. I was just like, I uh, didn't understand. I mean, and it's not like they were ask. They weren't asking me to play this part. Of the it was just a script that like was given to me to read, and I was going to go in and try out. Um, for one of the parts so who knows what could have happened down the road but I just obviously I became pregnant and all that would have never happened but I remember my initial reaction when my team told me about this vampire movie I was like no that's ridiculous I was just completely clueless you know we talk a lot on the show about um you know kind of spiritual growth and emotional growth and all of that and you know, it's usually from your kind of darkest moments where you can be reborn and, and growth can happen. And for me, it was after my brain surgery, I changed my entire life and I realized what was important. When you look back at your life, do you see similar moments for yourself? Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, um, my, my oldest daughter was in a, um, she was in a really bad accident. Yeah. Um, oh my God. I cannot believe like I'm sitting in a room crying to a ring light right now. Oh. Okay. Anyways. It's hard. Um, 
you know, and at that time I was uh, just about to release new music and really go full force and all these kinds of things. I'd released my EP and I'd had a great, you know, as an independent artist, I'd had a great experience with, you know, the festivals and, and uh, the radio tours, but it was time to, you know, I was looking at the next step and the next phase. And then um, one day, uh, you know, we're at my in-laws and my daughter, I've never really talked about it publicly. Um, so without going into too much detail, uh, she was, we were sitting right there watching her and, um, you know, with every safety measure that could be taken, she just somehow or another drove into the water and uh, we dove in and we were unable to rescue her. Um, and when we were finally able to get her out of the water and they, and I saw her and then the, um, the first responders took her from me. Uh, I, 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 we thought she was gone. Um, we thought we'd lost our daughter. And so that moment I felt everything that you can feel, I think, as far as like the worst, it's the worst. This is the worst. This is, there's nothing worse than looking at your child and, and, and just feeling like you failed her. Yeah. And I didn't want her to think that I couldn't save her, that I didn't try to save her. That was my biggest worry. Um, but then, you know, I was like, they carried me. I don't really remember anyways, but they, a firefighter came to me and said, we got a pulse. And at that time, I don't even really remember what happened. Uh, but me and my husband, we just drove in a car. We weren't talking. We were just like looking at each other. It was just like this unreal. And then they had airlifted her to um, a hospital we got there and it wasn't looking good uh, and um, she wasn't responding to anything and so it was not looking good for us and um, so then I just said I please I please I just really want my priest to come in here and I just really want him to her to be prayed over that was really important to me and uh, the doctors had like I said not had not been getting a response from her so any pain response you know none of those things and she's got the breathe something breathing for it's all of the worst case scenarios and finally they let my priest back you know in ICU it's very they only let certain people back especially with those kind of situations and so he came back there and he uh, father Mark who has been um you know just a blessing to us. He went to, uh, you know, put the oil on her and read the rights. And she sat up and started kicking and, uh, her hands and started grabbing at all of the things. And they came and they tied her down. And then she went back into complete, you know, whatever. But then that was our first sign that there was, she was there. Like she was there. Uh. And even my priest, he like stepped back and went, holy he like he'd never seen it. It shocked everybody. Wow. And in that moment, and in that moment, um, I just I, like spiritually, mentally, everything changed. It was just, it's just, I faced my worst fear. Now, what else can I mess up or do wrong? That's going to be as horrible as that. Nothing. There's nothing. And <clears throat> God gave me the blessing of giving me my daughter back. Oh, I God. lost her. 
and I got her back. So I don't get to make any excuses. I've give I've been given the best, the biggest blessing you can be given. And I think that, um, that's kind of now how I go forward in my life is I, I just remember that's the worst moment I've ever had. That's probably the worst moment you can have, but I was given her back. And for so many, that's not the case. So I don't, I'm not allowed to waste a day on this earth complaining or being ungrateful and none of this, you know, awards, job, none of it matters. I got my, I get to live the rest of my life looking at, and not only that, a 100% recovery, no damage. Total That's miracle. kind of unheard of. I don't think that if God gave me nothing else, he gave me that. So everything else in my life going forward, I said, you know what? It doesn't matter. It's got to mean something. It's got to make sense. It's got to be good for us. And that's all I really care about. And I'm human. I have moments where I probably am selfish and vain in all of the things that go into being in this industry because I'm human. But I do think that that was the moment where I said, I just don't, I just don't care. I don't care if people think of, you know, my decisions as far as my family goes, because I know what's right. And I've got, I've got a big, a little reminder every single day, even when she's being mean to me. I'm like, I'm so happy she's here. She's only going to get meaner as she hits her teens, right? So get ready. I just don't even want to think about it. But it does change you. She's a sweetheart, but she is, she's a sweetheart, but she's a preteen. So, I mean, but she's a special little girl and she's been, you know, I've, I've fought for that baby since the day she was like put in my heart. So therefore I just think that that's something I'm, I'm just, I'm so lucky for my little girls. I really am. And, you know, one of the things was, is she, while she was, while she was under, I kept, you know, her and my husband had, I was so focused on work. And all things had been, we want a baby. When are you going to give us a baby? We want a baby. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh my God, like not now, not now. So when she was in the hospital, I kept being like, if you wake up, I'll give you a baby sister, brother, whatever you want. Just wake up, just wake up, you know, and you're just, you're bargaining, you're bargaining with God, you know, whatever I, I got to do to get this to come out and, I don't care what happened. Just let my baby stay here. And when she woke up and was finally okay, because, you know, it takes a while. They were a little, it was a a process. And so um, she looked at me, she goes, so you going to give me that baby? Were those her first words? No, that was just like, her first words were like, hey, mom. Like, you know, what? no, she talked really crazy for a while. There was a Uh while where it was like, what is going on? Like. But when she came out of that, that was close to one of her first words. So you gonna give me that baby? You gonna give me my baby? Oh my goodness! And I was that was one. That was one of it was within the first conversation. Yes. And you guys got right to so work. I bet. I went like, looked up, <laughs> oh God, I bargained with you. I gotta have a baby. So we always, we always. Um, it wasn't. Let's see. Her accident was in February. I probably, I probably, I guess, I became pregnant not long after that. So we always say that. Maddie just wanted to go to heaven and pick out her baby sister. And so she picked her out and brought her back with her. So that's that's what we try to take as a, try to take as a positive from a horrible experience. Wow. Which is the, the only thing you can do. Meanwhile, we're sitting here, we're laughing, we're crying. We're like manic right now. Right. In the, in the chat, people are crying and then you're making them laugh. It's like, it's crazy, but I feel like, um, 
I feel, um, you know, all of these moments, uh, I've had the same moments bargaining for my mom's life, bargaining for my dad's life in different times. And, you know, you just, when you're kind of in that helpless place, it's really hard. And I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm really grateful that she's okay for you. And, and, you know, I, I mean, the pain that you're feeling, I only really had to feel that for a brief time. And to me, I guess that's almost like what you, like, I felt, I still feel like the survivor's guilt almost. Like, I see women who have lost their children um, from pretty much the same exact situations. And then I see people like you who are, you know, still in situations like that. And for me, I try to always try to figure out what is my place in that? Why did I go through this? But I was, you know, able to walk through it, but I felt the pain, but I only felt it for a brief time. And these people are living with it every day. And I think for me, that's made me have a lot more compassion for even your worst enemy. I think that you have to understand that people are living with things that we have no idea about and having compassion for someone who you don't even know is probably the best the best first step in any situation ever. Yep. And, um, and I just have so much, um, I just, I just like, it just breaks my heart. And I think it's made me be a lot more of an understanding and warm person being able to have that perspective on it. And yeah. I, I think too, it was kind of God saying like, don't, I'm tired of you being petty or complaining about anything. Like you got, you got, you got your blessing. <laughs> Everything else in your life might be a lot more complicated, but you got the one that matters. Yeah, I know. I remember asking my mom years ago, I used to do um, this event at the children's hospital for the terminally ill kids and I would do makeovers and such. And actually it's funny. I think about it. Um, I used to brag that we had Brittany's uh, makeup artist or her hairstylist to the kids because they would get so excited. And uh, I remember asking my mom, like, why, why do these kids have to get sick? This is and why do they have to pass? And she's like, Maria, we would never have empathy if we didn't go through tough things. And so, you know, we go through our journeys and we all have different ones. And, you know, the the best that we can do is learn from them and grow from them and then help each other through them. Exactly. And so. I think that, you know, I've I also had done stuff with the Children's Hospital and, and I, you know, gone where we would go and go make up a song and they help you make it up and we sing it all together. And I just remember like when I was in the hospital, cause at first we were in the, you know, um, a trauma hospital and then we moved to the children's hospital. And I, I, I just remember sitting there, I can't believe like I'm here. Like this, I'm, I'm here with one of the children. Like I, it was an, it was, it was surreal, but it also, you know, you look around and every single other one of those rooms were filled. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's the biggest thing is like remembering, remembering to have empathy, to have compassion for others. And, um, and, and that's probably our biggest takeaway. And yep. also to just remembering to be grateful every single day every that you have day. people you love with you and our health is, that is, that is the wealthiest thing we can have. I mean, I know health is wealth. I know that, but truly it is mm-hmm. being able to um, be healthy. Is, we should not take that for granted. Not for one second. 
isn't that what we're living through right now? Like what I keep telling everybody is if, if, you know, after surgery, I would, I would say, I'm like, how do I get people to understand the things that I now understand with this kind of new perspective without them having to go through something traumatic? And in a sense, everyone is getting that moment now to realize that health is the most important thing and the health and you know, well-being of your loved ones and nothing material means anything. It's just your love and connection and your health. And so it's, it's, you know, you've lived such a powerful life. I feel like you've had, um, you know, the whole, the whole roller coaster, the ups, the downs, and then you've had the growth, which is so cool to hear and, um, inspiring and, um, and you know, obviously you, you have made your return. I think this is what your first scripted series since like 2008 that you're now a part of. Yes. It's been, it's been a minute. Um, did you have to is, like uh, dust everything off? <laughs> honestly, you know, I've, I've been working as a, as a singer and a songwriter for myself and for you know other artists as well, but I hadn't done a scripted series I hadn't been back and I I think that because um I think that because I was I was nervous I was like am I gonna be good at this do I know what I'm doing does anybody even want me to be an actor you know I was like is anybody gonna hire me you know you start all this self-doubt but this was one of those situations where um when I read the script and the character and then when I was able to sit down with the director and the producers it just was right. It was, it was the right time. It was the right fit that all of my nerves were completely outweighed by my excitement to play this character. And as we were talking about before having compassion for people, this is a young girl trying to navigate her way through not an ideal situation. And she is a, she is technically the other woman. So when you hear that, you're immediately like, Oh, not a fan. Other woman, no thanks. Um, sorry, it just started raining outside. So, I, <laughs> um, but you immediately want to judge her and be like, how dare this young little nurse think that she can come in here and, you know, be the other woman. But this show is so great about telling everyone's story. So you get her backstory and you will have compassion for her before you, um, before the show is over. And that's what I love about this show is I got to play a character who was misunderstood and. I have a lot of heart for her because I remember literally wearing the evidence under my shirt every day. So I think it's one of those things where if we just all can take a moment to have a little compassion for, that's what this show does. Every single person has a story and their intentions might not always match up with their actions, but it's about, it's about your intent sometimes and understanding that before you judge. That was the Brene Brown video I listened to this morning was about intentions. That's so funny. Really? Yeah. But when you say you were wearing the evidence, what does that mean? Like the baby's under her shirt. You know, she's got the belly. It's not like she can say, okay, I can just go on about my life and pretend like this didn't happen. No, she's, you know, she's wearing the proof right there under her shirt with her little baby bump that this happened. Um, And it's a constant reminder to, you know, because this show is based off of a small town. And it tells a lot of people's stories in this town and how they all kind of connect and interweave and how they pull each other together and pull each other through hard times and good times. And, and how someone who is, you know, the young other woman is all of a sudden uh, 
people start to see her from a different perspective, but she has to, she really does have such good intentions. There's times, even when I was playing, I was like, oh, Noreen, stop. Why are you doing this? But it's all about seeing both sides of it. And, um, and you know, she, she walked around with that belly the whole time and it didn't seem like it bothered her too much. So yeah. it's really interesting. And it was a fun character to play with a great cast and just a great overall work experience for me. Yeah. I wonder, um, do you have anything to compare it to? I mean, it's, it's like you're in a whole other chapter of your life. I'm just so thankful um, that they took a chance with me and allowed me to be a part of this show um, from Norman, Cheryl and Dan were kind of the first people I met with that um, gave me the nod to be able to play this character. And they really worked with me um, ahead of the show to like make sure I was comfortable and that I, you know, was doing the character the way that was, was, um, true to me and also told the story the way they saw the whole story being told. And this next chapter for me, I'm just so excited to kind of see how far I can push myself as an actress and being able to be a part of a show like this, that is somewhat of a breath of fresh air during these times, I think is, is the best way for me to get back into it. I'm just thankful. I'm just so thankful that I get to do this. I'm thankful I get to be working again. And not only that, but with a group of really great people and on a show that is about, is just about people pulling together and um, kind of making the best of every situation at the end of the day. Yeah. And is it like a big shooting schedule for you? Was it it a long one? We shot last summer um, and uh, we went, we shot in Atlanta or Georgia, kind of all around that area. But Atlanta was kind of like base camp as far as where we were at. And we would shoot two episodes over two weeks and you kind of just fit in where you fit in within those two weeks. So there was 10 episodes in total. And, um, that was like, you know, so I might would be working for three days and then have three days off. I might be working five days in a row. I might be working one day and then have four days off. It just, because this script does tell so many stories. Um, of course, Joe is the lead of the show and kind of where the whole show revolves around, but it is telling so many stories that I feel like the workload was really, um, kind of spread out. But of course, Joe, you know, had the most workload, but it was one of those things where the schedule was always different. And that was also extreme. I'm telling you, it was the best case scenario for me. It, it was, um, couldn't have been a better situation for me to come back into. And I'm just excited that I finally get to let everyone see what we've been working on. I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. It comes to um, Netflix, right? On May 19th. Yes. May and 19th. What, that's five days, six days? Yeah. I think it's like five days away, guys. Anybody? Next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. And we're going to be hosting Yay. the official after show at AfterBuzz TV. And, oh, awesome. Um, Jamie's coming on for episode six. You're going to be on episode six, apparently. <laughs> I'm trying to think what, let's see, what episode. That must be your big episode. So we're working with Anthony, the writer, who we said, hey, Mm -hmm. choose the best people for the best episodes. And that's kind of what he sent us. So we have a whole list of two two people, a writer, a producer, plus an actor for each episode. I kind of think I like seven and eight for Noreen, but I could be wrong. I'm trying to remember what six was. I'll call him out. I'll call him out. We can can have a discussion (laughs) after to make sure you feel good about which one you're doing. Look. They know what they're doing. They 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 wrote the whole story, and I just get to be a piece of it. So I'm sure whatever they choose is the perfect one. 
but I'm thinking about maybe my favorite ones that I got to, you know, my favorite performances, I think, were maybe, I think episode eight was maybe one of mine. But I, I think that was, also, it's been a year, so like. I know, you forget to too. Exactly. And I've seen some of the episodes, but I do want to kind of, with the audience, I want to be surprised a little bit as well, so. So cool. What about Zoe? Are you guys, I, I know that there's been things throughout the years, and Jeff, you're more of an expert on this than me, so feel free to jump in. Um, and I and I say this for the benefit of the rabid fans of Zoe who want to know if there's going to be some kind of, you know, reunion or show or something or other. Um, have you heard anything about this? Um, yes. Uh, we Ooh. have, um, we did a mini little mini reunion on all that um where the cast i was gonna go on all that because that was the first show i was you know ever first scripted show i was ever on so i went back and i played a character that i played when i was younger and i said hey wouldn't it be great if the zoe cast comes in and does the skit with me and kind of just to see like if the chemistry is still there if, if you know we're all still down to do it and it was there and it was so much fun and that was when i was like okay i definitely think we should give the fans what they've been asking for. So we've had conversations and hopefully things will, you know, come, come together quickly, but we also want to make sure that we do it the right way. We don't want to do it just for the sake of doing it. I think that it's really important to have the right home for it um, because I believe that our fans want to hear how Zoe and the cast would be doing at their age as young adults. So it would have to be a show that probably is, um, you know, for young adults. So I think that that it's important for us to find the right home for it and um, the right story for it that, uh, you know, gives the fans what they have so patiently waited for. So I'm all down for it. Well, because Nickelodeon has a deal with Netflix, does that mean that it would go to Netflix, especially since you're kind of in the family now? I would like it to like, come on guys, let's do this. Now that's the business side where like, you know, like, I don't know, do I call Netflix? Do I call Netflix? What do I do? I don't know. All I know is I want it to happen. Yeah. Um, I had, have, I've had conversations with people at Nickelodeon. So I think that it's just about, Hey, Netflix, call your people, Nickelodeon, call your people, call my people. Let's do this. Yeah. Jeff, did I take the words out of your mouth? Absolutely, exactly out of my mouth. Zoe, I'm almost, or uh, Jamie, I'm calling you Zoe. I'm Zoe. Same age as you. So I feel like I grew up with you on Zoe. Um, so it's so much fun to be chatting with you. But I have to ask if you and Chase now were to meet your character and then, of course, Chase, would you guys be on or would you be off? Because that on again, off again was like the, the whole foundation of that show. I know. It was like we were like the biggest tease in the whole entire world. I feel like. Um, <laughs> I think that their love story, I don't think it could, if we, if the show comes um, back, you know, and we pick up with, I do think that their love story has to be a bit of a broken one. I don't think it could be like, oh, we, right, the PCA got married and had a wonderful love story, because that was not Zoe and Chase. That was just not their, that was not the way their situation went down ever. So I think it would definitely have to be some breakups, some makeups, some, um, some ups and downs with them, but I definitely think that that would have to be like the great loves of their life, you know, whether they're still together or not. But of course the Zoe fans are going to want to see them together. So there has to be that. Yeah. I mean, we have to have that romance because that was the, that was basically the underlying theme of the whole entire show. Wait, did you just say Ross and Rachel? 
they're totally rostered for die. my generation. Wait, Don't did you, you watch Friends, Jamie Lynn? Yes, I do. And I will say that, like, they are, there is similar. There is, because, like, they love each other, but they're also, like, they just never can, like, just make it last. And it's yeah. never for any good reason. That's so funny. So are you guys thinking, like, an episode, a season? What are we thinking? I, I don't know. I think that, like, it would have to be what makes the most sense for the story. Like, what is the best way to tell the story? Um, and, I mean, I don't, I, I, I really, I really don't know. I think that, personally, to me, it'd be more fun to do a series. But if, uh, you know, a movie is a better idea, then maybe it's a better idea. I don't know. I, I don't care. As long as we get to tell the story yeah. the right way, I don't care what it is. I wonder, even with um, Sweet Magnolias, because you write your own music, have you ever talked to them about writing music for the show or anything like well, that? Well, we did actually, because I do have a whole bunch of songs that I've written, because I lived in Nashville and I wrote for mm-hmm. years. And so I have all these extra songs that we did send them, but I think it's kind of too late as far as like the legal logistics go, because um, the showrunners, they love some of the songs and um, were actually wanting to possibly put them on the show, but it there's a whole bunch of legal stuff that goes into all of that. Yeah. And so it was just too late, I think to make it all, to make it all work out. So maybe hopefully there's a season two. We can, um, we can do that. Cause, Cause I would, I would love that. Yeah. Is there a career aspiration? Nobody knows you have. Um, well, being a songwriter has always been something I've loved. Um, and whenever I was, uh, in Nashville and lived there I actually I won some awards for a song that I wrote that Jana Kramer I love that song that she sang I loved and, your rendition too oh, thank you well like so I wrote that song forever ago but whenever she took it and it was such a hit and it was really embraced not just by the fans but the actual um songwriters in Nashville who I respect and love so much and whenever I won um you know there's an award from NSAI that's like songs I wish I'd written and like all the songwriters vote on that. And I won one of those. And to me, that was like, that was like, you know, all your heroes saying like, Hey, look, you did good kid. Mm -hmm. And so to me, I think that was one of those career aspirations that I was like, wow, I didn't, it was so validating because it wasn't even me singing the song. It was someone else, but my words were good Mm -hmm. enough. And I just felt like that was like one of those career moments where I was like, this is, this feels really, really good. So cool. Um, what a, like, just refreshing conversation. I, I mean, people in the chat are going crazy. I wanted to ask you um, about your dad. How is your dad doing with his health, by the way? Um, he's doing good. He's uh, fully recovered good. and um, just, you know, just kind of trucking along, I guess. I guess that we've been very, we've been very, thankful in that situation as well because um you know I had a six-month-old baby at the time and I got the fall that I got the call that my father was probably not going to make it and um my six-month-old baby had fever at the time and I couldn't get on a plane mm. and uh it was pretty helpless feeling but um he was able to get better and um now we are just you know I'm just thankful for my family's health that's yeah you only get one set of parents and I think that's important for people to remember is good, bad, or ugly. You only get one. So just, you know, you, you got to learn to, you got to learn to be thankful for every moment that you get with the people that you love. Yeah. And your mom, is she doing well? Oh, my mom is doing fabulous. My mom is. Is she probably, quarantining with you? 
Yes. Okay. Well, no, I'm quarantining with her. Oh. <laughs> okay, perfect. I so, didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, yes. So, like, it has been, I told her, I'm like, you know, we're probably going to be able to go home soon. And she, I mean, I'm sad, but I guess I understand. Like, I think she wants me to live with her. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, that probably isn't too bad. She's probably, I mean, from what I remember of your mom, anytime I've met her or seen her or talked to her, she's an incredible woman. She's so lovable oh, she's and such- warm and... She just has this bright light. And so I think that that's always great. Just having her positivity. She's the most kind person. And I think that that's so important in for my children to have, especially. Like, she just loves them. Yeah. There's My mom has never done anything unkind. Like, she has not. Yeah. No, you can tell. So in Louisiana, are the, the is it opening up? Um, I think every, I think we're going back into the first, uh, like the first stage or the first step uh-huh. I think it's happening on uh, Friday of oh, tomorrow, tomorrow the 15th. Yeah. yeah. I think, or no, no, maybe it's Saturday. Maybe I'm not sure, but all I know is this weekend things are starting to slowly try to normalize. Um, I think things are a bit more strict in new Orleans, but in, uh, other areas, it's just, of course, you know, face mask and all those kinds of, you know, distancing as well. And hopefully we can all follow the rules and do our part so that we don't have to take a step back um, because it will be nice. But I heard in L.A. it's like been extended even longer. Am I wrong? Uh, Yeah. Well, yes and no, because they had said something about maybe till mid-August. But then I heard yesterday that the person misspoke and that that's not necessarily true. Jeff, Stephen, do you guys have the official? Um, I do know that uh, they backtracked because our mayor went on record yesterday being like, hey, people are taking Ferrer's words out of context. We're not extending this three months. We're saying that three months until, she was saying three months until things might get back to a little bit of normalcy, but we're not doing the stay-at-home orders for three months. Yeah, we all kind of freaked out. We were like, what? I was like, y'all are going to be locked in? Like, I mean... I don't have family out there who probably was going to lose their minds. Oh, I know, because your sister came and quarantined with you guys for a little bit, and then she came back thinking it was going to be temporary, right? Well, well, when this whole thing happened, I mean, I think we all kind of thought we, no one knew what to expect, but we're thinking a couple weeks max. So she came home for like two weeks and kind of thought, okay, like, you know, she'll go back home and maybe maybe week and a half, two weeks, but it, that was not the case. And so, um, so she's been there, and uh, I'm pretty sure her boyfriend is with her now. But it's you know, it's definitely I think it's surprised everybody. I don't believe anyone thought it was going to be this extreme this yep. long. But for sure, at the end of the day, it's um, you know, it's what we have to do. So I think it's important we just do our part. Hey, do you think you'll ever be able to convince her to move back home? I know you said somewhere that you wished all of your family lived together. Oh. And it, it gave me kind of Kardashian vibes for a minute when I heard you say that because they all kind of live in the same area. Yeah, I think that that would like be ideal. Um, oh, you hear that thunder? Um, uh, it would be ideal. But I think that until her kids are older, you know, she kind of can't. She needs to be close to where they are. Oh, and yeah, so good I point. think that that kind of you know, dang it, being a mom, you know, know. my dreams don't get to happen because she has to be a mom. But But she loves it there. So someday I think she'll be back. Yes. Yeah. I think um, someday, but you know, we always manage to do holidays together, times like this of emergency together. And so I think that's um, 
I think that's another blessing is having a family that we pull together when it counts. And, yeah. uh, and that's really, and that's really all that matters. That's all that's that first of all, that's all that's real. And yeah. that's all that matters. Nothing else is real. Exactly. So exactly. you are such a pleasure. This was, you are too. Thank and you are, you. and your story is so inspiring as well. And I'm just, um, you know, definitely praying for you and during all of these hard times, but you've already, you've already had a, such an inspiring story. So thank, thank you. you for being so open and honest and creating an environment for others to do the same. Thank you. Well, we are always cheering for you, for your whole family. Thank you. Um, thank you. And cheering for you. I, I so admire how you've handled yourself and your bravery because it is, it is, and it was very brave. And I think that a lot of people um, that maybe haven't heard the full story will take great inspiration from what you did and, and know that what's meant for you will come for you. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, and there's a lot more to the story and I'll share that at some point, but you're always welcome. Yeah. But you're, you know, it's good to be able to be back, you know, having conversations about who I am now and where I've been and, um, you know, kind of reintroducing myself to the world a little bit. Yeah. I think it's so important. I think it's so important. You know, people in the chat were like, it must've been hard being her little sister. And I feel like, you know, nobody, nobody really understands. No one knows what it's like to walk through that because you also love her so much. Yeah. It's, I think that's the thing is people are like, you know, it must've been hard, you know, in the shadow. And I'm like, you, I think that's all about perspective as well. Mm-hmm. I looked at it as a light, you know, there is someone in my family who had nothing and accomplished so much that runs in my blood. That is speaks to our work ethic and speaks to who we are as people and the family we come from aside from anything. And I'm so proud that I, um, literally my sister's a living legend and that's something to be extremely proud of don't get me wrong as many doors as my last name may open it also closes Mm -hmm. and I'm aware of that but I believe that um you know I believe that there's no shadow it's nothing but just a wonderful light that my sister's done what she's done and I get to I got to be her biggest cheerleader so um no one can take that away from her or from me and it's my sister. It doesn't, it doesn't, that doesn't have to explain who I am or what I do. Mm-hmm. It just is something I'm very proud to, um, very proud to say that I get to be her sister and I'm so proud of everything she's done. And, um, that's all that matters. And we're proud of everything you've done. Um, Thank you. you know, I didn't ask you our final question, which is what are you doing in life to get better every day? Are you meditating? Is there something that you've implemented in your life? And then I'll let you go. Um, well, for me, I obviously on like the physical front, I have to go run every single day. It's just a moment where no one's around me. I'm by myself with my thoughts and I'm just running. You know, you don't really have to overthink running. You don't have to worry about lifting weights or it's just running. That's so important for my mental health. Um, but also to, I just try to, um, I try to give back whenever I can, however I can. And I take whether it's at night when all of my kids are sleeping, I always take the moment to pray. I have to sit down and pray and I have to really sit there and pray like by myself. I can't have any distractions or else it's, um, it's something that I just, I, I make myself do, even if I'm too tired or mm-hmm. whatever it is, I make myself just, you know, really connect spiritually to what it is that keeps me going. And, and also just being thankful 
just sending out how thankful I am to the world because I really, really feel like good and bad. I've come out on um, pretty good side of things. I love it. Well, Jamie Lynn, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you. um, We're excited for Sweet Magnolias out May 19th, and we will have to have a part two at some point. Yes, for sure. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Take care. Say hi to your mom, too, for me. Alrighty, I will. Bye, y'all. Bye. Man, um, that was amazing. Maria, that was incredible. I I don't know if you saw me on camera, but I'm trying to keep it together. I have listeners texting me. I am sobbing. I am laughing. Yeah. It, it's it always surprise sometimes it can surprise me which interviews are the ones that really glow. And like that was, I'm gonna say it one of my favorite interviews i've ever seen you do oh thank you honestly i was blown away like yeah because i i didn't watch zoe's as a kid i was only aware of kind of the gossip and everything around it and like knowing how people change over time and like being in this industry now knowing like the things you hear about people versus the actual stories that are reality yeah and it was just so cool getting to experience like no, this is like what it was like for her. It's not the hearsay. It's not what everyone was saying when you were a kid and everyone's saying this and that. It's like, no, somebody made a decision yeah. to have a child and to get out of the industry for a bit and get a a level of maturity that you can't get through other things and become the person they were meant to be. I thought that was amazing. Thanks. Yeah, she um, she is so... um so like kind of raw and unguarded and i really appreciate that about her um and honest and um just kind of free-flowing i mean you know jeff you heard me before the 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 show you know you were like okay we can talk about this we can talk about that i'm like no no no. i'm like i'm not i'm not planning what i'm going to talk about i obviously want to talk about her show and i want to talk about zoe but like anything else that happens is just going to happen and it's just going to flow the way it's going to flow and or it's not um and so I think um, it's always a credit to them because, you know, she she was open and she shared. And um, I mean, I lost it. I got so emotional. I got I was getting the chills as she was telling the story of Maddie's accident. I literally was there. I felt like I was I was transported. I was there every step of the way. And it was it was very powerful. I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but oh, yeah. I felt like I was there. I mean, I'm I'm not really known as a very emotional person, as you guys know. But like, yeah, I mean, even it was getting to me in here. Like, it's that's I can't imagine being in that situation or like I the problem is, is I did imagine it because she was saying it. And yeah. It's like really tough. Yeah. I also have this feeling that we're kind of just at the beginning of Jamie Lynn's career in a way. Totally. Like, She's clearly very, very intelligent. And mm. like she said, she's got Spears blood. Like you can't take away the fact that that is an <laughs> incredibly talented blood. family. Yeah. She's a great actress and a great songwriter. Like, I just wonder if we might see like some Emmys sneaking in in the future. I just have this feeling that I do we too. are going to see a very interesting chapter for her. I think there's been a lot waiting to come out. And, um, like I said, I'm so blown away at her, her maturity and saying, you know what, I'm choosing me right now and, and what I need to do for myself and my baby. And, um, and I think, by the way, I'm glad I remember to ask her about her dad because I feel like nobody knows how her dad is because, um, Brittany had canceled her tour when he was sick because it was really bad. And like she said, they thought they were going to lose him. 
Um, but I hadn't heard if he was okay. So I'm glad he's okay as well because, um, you know, I don't think there's been any kind of update on that. So everyone's well, she's, she's taking off. I can't wait to watch this, this, this show. It's going to be great. And Joanna Garcia Swisher is a good friend and I freaking love her. And she said she loved her too, um, off air, which was so cool. But, um, that was a really great conversation. So we're going to leave it at that. Thank you guys for joining us always. Um, as we go on the journey with other people and, um, and such, and, you know, we're here for you. We're here for us. Um, and we're enjoying every second of it. Um, is today Thursday? Yeah. It's almost the weekend. Guys. So, um, this Sunday, if you don't know the Beverly Hills dog show presented by Purina is going to be airing at, uh, I believe it's 8 PM Pacific 7 PM central time DVR it. It's on NBC. It's going to be amazing. Um, you'll get to enjoy all of the incredible breeds that are going to parade around to win best in show. And it's my favorite thing I get to do. Um, and, uh, and that's that. So you can follow us at Maria Menunos at Jamie Lynn Spears at Stephen Lemie photo at Jeffrey Crane Graham. And remember, be nice people, make good choices and be present.